Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I am extra thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Kirsten Holder, to talk about Metro Family's upcoming Modern Art of Parenting free virtual summit. It's coming up April 1st through 8th. We are going to give you some sneak peeks of what we have learned from the 20 nationally renowned speakers as we have worked to prepare their summit presentations and tell you how their tips and advice are already helping us in our own parenting journeys. First, Kirsten, do you want to share the inspiration behind creating this summit and how it will work? Yes, well, I think we can all relate to the sentiment that parents haven't exactly had it easy lately, the past two years especially, but even beyond that. It's hard to be a parent in this day and age. Um, so in order to be part of the solution, we've booked 20 nationally known experts to break down topics such as technology use, sexual health education, raising resilient kids, mindful parenting, mental health issues, nature benefits for mental health, and so, so much more. All 20 sessions are filled with practical advice that parents can use right away to help them through these issues and more, and also just bring that joy back into our family lives that we're all craving so much. So how it works is from April 1st to 8th, um, you can watch these speaker presentations on demand, which, like Erin mentioned, is free. Um, and if you want to upgrade to get other perks and watch them at your leisure beyond that time frame, you can upgrade and become a gold pass or premium pass participant. But again, just to sign up and watch is free. One of the things I really love about the whole premise behind this summit is that we are talking about issues and topics that today's parents might not have received much guidance on when we were kids, or things look so different today than they did when we were kids. I feel really old saying that, but it's true. So these speakers are really going to help us address these topics in today's world. Kirsten, let's remind our listeners where we are in our own personal parenting journeys. Tell us about your family. Well, you're so right. I am a toddler mom and I'm soon to give birth to my second child. I'm just thinking all the time about this new generation being brought up as true digital natives. Um, you know, my son is three years old and he, he can grab a phone and navigate to about any app he wants and we didn't teach him that. So it's, it's totally a different time and place and age than it was when we were growing up. But I've been so thankful to interview some of these experts as I'm kind of starting out my journey. This phase of life has truly been the most rewarding but obviously the most challenging at the same time. And I think any parent listening knows what I mean. Motherhood is not for the week. It's really been encouraging to hear some, some from some others who have been there and really learn from their lessons, so to speak. And I have three kids. They are six, eight, and 10. And I resonate so much with that raising kids in the digital world today. My middle son like something will be wrong with my phone. And I'm just like, here, can you fix this? And, you know, three seconds later it's done. Or I honestly, I don't know how to work our TV remotes. Seriously. I don't like if I want to watch something, the eight-year-old has to come and help me. So in so many ways, not just the digital world, but I feel so ill-equipped to parent today because we're dealing with stuff that 
I didn't deal with as a child. Um, so it was such a pleasure to get to interview these speakers. I, like you said, Kirsten, there's so much affirmation in these presentations. Um, a lot of our speakers are parents and they are sharing things um, you know, from their own households or from their journeys as a pediatrician or a parenting expert. So it was really helpful to me to hear that perspective from them. Yes, we're looking at them as the parenting experts, but they're walking through the same things that we are. Okay, Kirsten, is there a certain speaker that you were most excited to interview? And if so, what did you learn from them? I think you know my answer to this one. I was definitely most excited to interview Mr. Chaz. So for anyone who's on TikTok, Chaz Lewis is his full name. Um, he has about a quarter of a million followers and for good reason. His videos are simple. They give fun advice for turning toddler transitions you know, is my takeaway, but of course, any childhood transitions and tantrums into bonding and happy memory opportunities, which of course, you know, regulates the child, regulates yourself. Um, and speaking of regulation, he talks a lot about conscious parenting, including giving very raw and sometimes heart-wrenching reasons for why some parents, especially in the communities of people of color, believe it might not be for them. Um, so I just learned so much every time I tune into one of his TikTok videos, and I was so, so excited to talk to him in person and, and kind of selfishly ask some of my own questions as well. He is an incredible parenting expert. I love following him on social media. Um, even with kids a little older, I feel like so much of what he shares is relevant to my life as a mom. So I can't wait to watch your session with him and to take notes. And I'm totally going to cheat because I couldn't pick just one. So I have several that I, I kind of fangirled about a lot of our speakers, to be honest, even those that I already knew before the summit. Um, but first on my list was Dr. Melissa Holmes. She is an OBGYN, the founder of Girlology, which is a digital health platform that she and a pediatrician friend started to provide shame-free, accurate information on sexual health and puberty so that parents and kids can have more open and ongoing conversations. Um, this is a tricky topic, right? And I love that Dr. Holmes approaches this in such an empowering way, both for kids and for parents. So in her session, she gives developmentally appropriate conversations and conversation starters for each age, starting from when kids are teeny tiny, all the way through teens. She's also coming out with a new book I'm really excited about called Uology, which is a gender diverse approach to puberty. And this was born out of her watching kids interact and talk about puberty together. So, you know, when I was a kid, we had we were segregated, boys and girls, each got your own lesson. But she has learned kids are curious and when they learn not just what their own body goes through, but what other people's bodies go through, it actually makes them more empathetic towards mm -hmm. their friends, towards society at large. And maybe my favorite part, it makes them more empathetic for themselves too. Mm -hmm. So that was an incredibly powerful conversation with Dr. Holmes. Then I was really excited to talk with Jamika Lewis, who is a librarian in Colorado. And she's talking about how we can encourage kids to read in today's digital world. One of my favorite parts of the conversation is her affirming that it doesn't matter 
how, where, whatever our kids are reading. That listening to an audiobook, reading on screens, reading a physical book, what we should do as parents is to really meet our kids where they are with content they love and with whatever method resonates most with them. She also shared some really great tips about the importance and impact of building a diverse library in our homes and making sure our kids have access to diverse authors, diverse protagonists, diverse subject matter, and how that really sets them up again to be an empathetic person in the world as they grow up. And then last one I'll share on this question, Dr. Michelle Borba is an internationally known parenting expert. She's written a plethora of books and her newest book is called Thrivers, The Seven Habits of Successful Kids. So I was really intrigued by this because when we were kids, I think a lot of what we focused on, what parents focused on were things like grades, test scores, accomplishments. And she's really shifting that to say what we need to focus on as parents are these seven habits, these seven character traits to focus on building in our kids. So we talked specifically in her session about empathy, self-control, and self-confidence and how we can instill these traits in our kids, how we create home lives that really um, value these traits. And then maybe the hardest of all, how we as parents can do a better job of modeling those traits for our kids. So that was super powerful. I've already been able to use some of what I learned from her uh, with my own kids. Absolutely. And don't you feel like parenthood is the best mirror? Speaking of modeling, that it just seems like a common thread throughout all of our interviews that we've had so far, just that you need to start with yourself first and then model it outward. And um, sometimes that's really hard. It is really hard. And I feel like I heard that from a lot of um, our speakers. Um, but what I love is that they all give some really powerful tips. Like they're not just saying, here's how you do it. They're actually telling you, like, put it into place. Here's how you do this in your household. Here's what to think through about yourself and about your own kids so that you can start doing this in your home. Absolutely. What do you feel like was the most surprising or unexpected thing that you learned while talking through uh, some of these interviews? One of the speakers I was really intrigued by is Richard Louvre. So he is a journalist and author. He wrote a book called Last Child in the Woods. It came out in 2005 and he coined the term nature deficit disorder. So um, I love his books. Um, I'm, I'm a big, again, fangirl of him. And what he's talking about in this session is the impact on our mental health when we are in nature or when we are not in nature. So it actually, like when we are not spending time outside, when as parents, as kids, it actually has really negative effects on us. He gives some incredibly compelling research. And I mean, he has spent years and years and years of his life researching this. Um, and then thankfully he also shares what the benefits are when you do spend more time in nature. For my very type A Enneagram one self, I love that. First of all, he says, put it on your schedule. If we can schedule soccer practice and we can schedule time to be outside mm -hmm. as a family, 
And then this is the other part that really spoke to my heart. He said, don't come at this like it's the SAT and don't take your flashcards out on a hike with your kids. Like just get out and be that this is not another thing to put on our to-do list. That when we really approach time in nature with our families, the way he's advocating, it's a stress reliever for us as parents. Um, he also gives some really good simple ideas for families to get outside together, things you can do right in your own backyard this spring or summer. And he talks about how you can create groups to connect with other families to go on nature adventures together. And then another really une unexpected um, thing or surprising thing. Now, I'll be honest and say, I've gotten to talk with Dr. Tamika Rogers a lot. She's been a guest on this podcast, but I think her session on diversity and inclusion might be surprising for a lot of parents. Um, so we are talking about racism, we're talking about racial injustice, um, and, and what we can do as parents to talk about those issues with our kids. Um, again, this goes back to, there's a lot of things we can talk to our kids about, but how are, what are we modeling? For them. You know, she asks a lot of questions for parents to be thinking about. We are our kids' first teacher. So how are they seeing us value and prioritize inclusivity and getting to know people who don't look like us? Um, probably the most powerful thing she says in this session is kids learn not just from their parents' actions, but they also learn from their silence. Mm -hmm. So when we're silent on topics of injustice, that tells our kids that those injustices don't exist or that they're not important. So like, if that doesn't compel you to start having these conversations right now. Um, but the thing that I love about Tamika so much is that she really comes at this topic from the lens of it is okay to learn along with your kids. You don't have to have all the answers. And she shares some really great tips about how to actually start having these conversations in your home if you haven't already. Another really compelling piece of this is she really lines out what the differences between how Black families have to talk about racism and racial injustice and white families don't necessarily have to talk about it, right? But why we should. And so she really helps bring all that together um, it's just a beautiful conversation and she I'm always thrilled for the opportunity to get to learn from her. She is such a beautiful speaker and has a way of even if you're not in her situation being able to relate to her in her experience she's just a connector in that way so I'm so excited to listen to that one too. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, digital literacy earlier and I was able to speak with Diana Grabber who is a digital literacy expert. She's an educator and she actually created a digital literacy program called Cyber Civics, uh, which is taught in middle schools. She's the author of Raising Humans in a Digital World, Helping Kids Build a Healthy Relationship with Technology. And I really valued my time with her because she broke down the relationship that we have um, with technology, the relationship our kids could have and do have. Um, and then also we talked about social media and how we could use it for good. So it was really like a mind opener of, of all the possibilities rather than all the intimidating or scary parts. Of course, we acknowledge those as well. Um, we went into safety measures and conversations we can start having with our kids before they're even active on social media. 
So it was really helpful and encouraging. Um, and again, kind of broke it down into bite-sized pieces, um, even in different age groups. You know, I can start today with my young kids talking about some of these topics and issues that will be and are a major part of their lives. So it's not something that's separate from their day-to-day -day lives. It is part of their lives. So kind of looking at it from that worldview um, really shifted some things in my mind as well. And I know um, our listeners are gonna be excited to hear from her. I cannot wait to listen to that one. Um, I feel like several of the speakers that I talked with, you know, talked about social media in their presentations. Um, and one of the things I really took away from a lot of them was social media is going to be a part of our kids' lives. It just is. And so if we choose um, to ban it forever and ever, that that can be problematic for um, some kids and some families. So I really liked that so many of them said, like, let's learn how to do this in a way that is healthy and ourselves. And then how can we model that for our kids? So I think that's so powerful and um, a really affirming way to to touch on a subject that can be kind of tricky. Um, we were talking a lot about mental health through the summit. Um, a lot of our speakers touch on mental health, both um, parents' mental health and kids' mental health. Kirsten, who did you hear from that really struck a chord with you in regards to family mental health? Isn't it about time that this is a major topic in a parenting summit? Mental health, we need it. Um, so Hunter Clark Fields, if if you guys have not heard from her, you just need to look her up immediately. <laughs> she is a mindfulness expert. She's the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course and host of the Mindful Mama podcast. And then she also wrote the book Raising Good Humans, which is a New York Times bestseller. Um, she opens each of her podcasts with saying, you cannot give what you don't have. And when you have calm and peace within, you can then give it to your children. Um, and that, speaking of striking a chord, I just need to paste that on my wall in my home because sometimes, you know, you're like, calm down, but you're saying, you're like yelling to them, calm down. <laughs> you're not calm down. <laughs> So again, with the mirror, but saying it in that different way, you know, you need to be regulated before you can regulate your kids. You need to fill your cup before your kids' cups can be filled, um, metaphorically, but sometimes physically as well. But there were so many incredible nuggets in her interview. It's likely that you're going to hear my voice crack at several points because it, it was inspiring. It was convicting. Um, it was encouraging. And it, and it really did break down those steps um, of how to be the parent you want to be. She always talks about um, how to break the cycle of yelling, <laughs> being a yeller in your household um, and where that anger bubbles up from and how we can talk to that that voice inside of us that still needs to be talked to rather than shoved aside, because that's what we want to teach our kids too: how to deal with their feelings, how to approach them and how to calm them. And in the process, calm ourselves as well. And so she is just the best. And I can't wait for people to hear that interview with Hunter. Another mental health expert I talked to was Erica Komisar. She's a clinical social worker and a psychoanalysis. So she really talked about, you know, the straight facts and um, medical advice if, 
if mental health is a very concerning um, aspect in your own household. We talked about the epidemic of anxiety and depression in children and teens. And if you don't believe it's a dire subject now, the US Surgeon General's report from December said that adolescent anxiety and depression rates had literally doubled during the pandemic with 25% of youth experiencing depressive symptoms and 20% experiencing anxiety symptoms. It is truly an epidemic that is affecting our kids. Um, so Erica gave very concrete options and steps to take in multiple scenarios in multiple age groups, whether it's your child, whether it's your child's friend that you observe or maybe hear stories from your own child about their friend, or even a child you come across in your community. We talked about signs, steps, what's appropriate, depending on your role in that child's life. Um, and overall, it was very helpful getting that concrete advice on here's what you can do to help from a medical health expert. I can't wait to listen to that one. Um, I know when I was talking with Dr. Borba, she mentioned that the levels of anxiety and depression, the number of kids experiencing them was on the rise before the pandemic. So she talked about how this was like a, a problem of epic proportions even before we went into the pandemic and now it has just exacerbated it. So it's so important, I think, for all of us to be aware of, even if we're not experiencing it currently in our homes. Um, I had several, again, that really struck chords with me. Kathy Adams is the author of Zen Parenting. She was full of so many great tips about mindfulness, self-awareness, again, emotional regulation. Um, one of the things she talked about that really opened my eyes was about individuation or helping our kids gain independence. And that as parents, we need to give our kids the space and the voice to be able to speak up for themselves and negotiate for themselves with us instead of just shutting them down. And obviously like sometimes their requests are super obnoxious or we don't have time right now. And she really helped me rethink that and, and make sure that my kids have the opportunity while they're in my home to set their own boundaries with me um, and how that is going to forever impact the kinds of healthy relationships that they're able to have in the future. Then Dr. Hansa Bargava, who is a mom and pediatrician, oh, we talked about stress <laughs> and I needed this one. So, you know, she gave some great visuals during her presentation that, you know, if here's your baseline and you're going up into stress that so many of us have come up here and we've just stayed there. And I can relate to that. And so she gives us some tips as parents to get our stress levels back down and what happens to us physically when we don't do that. Um, it's not good. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, she provides some really concrete tips on determining if our family's overscheduled and then what to do about it. Um, and really, we started the conversation talking about how kids today are more stressed than ever before, but she kind of turns the tables again on parents and says that the number one thing that we can do to reduce our kids' stress is to first reduce our own stress. 
Um, I also really appreciated her tips on behaviors or things to look for in our kids to determine if they are overly stressed or burned out. She even gives some examples from her own household that are really powerful. And then she tells us what to do about it if our kids do seem overly stressed. And then finally, one of my favorite humans, Stacy Johnson, who is a licensed professional counselor, and she has been on this podcast before, is talking parent overwhelm. If you are feeling burned out or overwhelmed, this is the session that you need to listen to. Right off the bat, Stacy shares a list of all the reasons that parents are feeling overwhelmed right now. And for me, this was so affirming <laughs> to hear like, oh, yes, I have been through all of these things and that's why I'm operating like this. Um, she also talks through how as individuals, we can determine the things in our lives that we need to say no to right now. Um, and then one of my favorite things she does is she talks about um, positive self-talk and affirmations and how we can create affirmations or mantras for ourselves as parents, and then how we can go through that process for our kids. And I've done this with her before, and I kind of forgot how powerful it was. So I'll just say that since I talked to her for the summit, we are using our affirmations again in my household, and it has a tremendous positive impact on all of us. All that stuff is so important. And you and I are both known for our emotional investment in these interviews. <laughs> so we did talk about, uh, you know, touching moments in mental health, but did you have any other touching or even emotional moments during your interviews that you wanted to share? Oh, I, I had several moments, but um, probably the most emotional for me was my conversation with Sarah Cunningham. She is the founder of Free Mom Hugs, which advocates for members of the LGBTQ plus community. She is located in Oklahoma City, but this has really become a global movement. Um, and the organization got its start when Sarah started attending weddings as the stand-in parent when members of the LGBTQ plus community had parents who refused to come and support them. And her inspiration is her son, Parker, who is gay. But in this conversation, she shares some of her regrets in the early part of their journey when Parker was little and was trying to ask questions or have conversations about his gender identity. And she didn't have the tools or the resources or the language to, to really have those conversations with him. So, I mean, she talks about kind of shutting those conversations down. Um, she gives some really powerful tips for parents today on the importance of providing our kids um, the right language, the freedom to understand and explore gender diversity. Again, whether that's for themselves or just to help them be more open and inclusive of the people around them. What I, one of the things I just most appreciate about Sarah is her willingness to use her own story and share her own story to help others make a different choice than she did. Um, but she also comes at this um, from the angle of it's never too late. You know, wherever you are in your parenting journey, um, she and Parker are such a beautiful example. She was a supportive mom. She just didn't know how to talk about this with him. Um, so wherever you are, you know, it's never too late to start having those conversations. And she really goes into the power that just one affirming adult can make, especially on an LGBTQ plus youth. 
And when you know better, you do better. I mean, that's the whole point of this conference is to fill up your toolkit of those things that sometimes you just need to have them in a split second moment before you've had your coffee, before your brain is working correctly. If you've been up all night, these are things we need to practice so that we have them right at the top of our head when our kids need us, because that's what they need us for. That doesn't mean that we're gonna do it perfectly, but having our toolkit full definitely puts a firmer foundation for when we do face some of these more challenging issues. So just love that. I had, obviously, we've talked about a couple emotional interviews. Um, one of them that was just, uh, I guess, a little bit unexpected, unexpectedly emotional was with Dr. Ann Fischel. Um, she talks about why family dinners are critical for our mental well-being and tips to make them happen in a busy world. And she even wrote a book about it titled Eat, Laugh, Talk, the family dinner playbook. Um, you know, I really, I didn't know what to expect from this interview. Um, we try to prioritize family dinners in our home. I know that families are so busy right now, especially adjusting back to um, life where sports, you know, our sports and craziness and after school activities are more of a thing. But she shared a story about a son and a father relationship. She was helping counsel in her basement office and it was right before dinner time. So she had popped in a chicken roast in her oven and then went down and the session was going really badly. Everyone was exhausted, everyone was crying. Um, and she said about three quarters into their session, the chicken roast was nearly finished cooking in the kitchen, which was on the floor above them. And she described the sense that started coming into the room. And you can kind of even imagine as I'm talking, um, trying to give a synopsis of her, of her description, but you know, the juices, the warmth, the basil, the lemon, like everything that was just kind of pouring in. And you, she said, you almost saw a release of this father and son, you know, their shoulders tensed down. They kind of sat back into their seats. They took a deep breath. It was almost this sensory therapeutic moment for everybody in the room, just smelling dinner being cooked um, and kind of what you can look forward to along with that. So this particular family that she was counseling started cooking more together, which was actually a tool that helped break down some walls between all of the family members. And I thought it was such a powerful and all sensory visual that I'm, I'm probably never going to forget now, because sometimes when you are busy, you don't slow down to take advantage and, and really appreciate some of those um, relaxing moments that just come naturally in your day, but that kind of reinforced her point of why uh, family dinners can be can be really important and beneficial in a family unit. Another topic I spoke with spoke about was uh, grief and we talked with this um, with Vicki Law and whether we realize it or not, parents and kids have experienced so much loss over these past few years on some level or, or another. Vicki Jay is the CEO for the National Alliance for Children's Grief, and she's a bereavement expert, a healthcare professional, and children's advocate. Um, not many people want to talk about loss and grief, um, but the way she talks about working through those things is just how we should be working through our daily lives in general. It was so such a um, lesson-filled, approachable, um, as heavy as those topics were, the conversation didn't feel heavy. It felt very inspirational and, and kind of made me want to do better, you know, because our days are numbered at the end of the day, and we're all likely going to experience some kind of grief, um, whether that has already happened in some families, whether it's coming up in others. Um, it was a very inspirational and um, Kind of reality check to be grateful for the things we have as well but 
her chat made me equally as tearful as it did as it was joyful it was such a refreshing perspective on the way we can intentionally navigate everyday life especially as parents oh i love that i can't i can't wait to listen to both of those and probably cry my way through them while i'm also taking notes i love that um is there a singular piece of advice that has stuck with you or kept coming back to you after you have interviewed all of these wonderful speakers? So many have. I mean, it was really hard to even, it's hard to even answer that question because I'm thinking through, you know, all the people I've talked to and heard from. Um, but Micheline Duclef, she had a really interesting experiment that she tried in her own home that I just cannot stop thinking about. She is an NPR contributor and the author of Hunt, Gather, Parent, Why Ancient Cultures Can Teach Us About the Lost Art of Raising Happy and Helpful Little Humans. So she has traveled all around the world and she's noticed that many ancient cultures had common threads when it came to parenting. Namely, that kids who, they had kids in their household that were extremely helpful and productive parts of their family unit and they, they needed them to be. Um, and she was kind of wondering, you know, how do I get my five-year-old to help with the dishes <laughs> in a calm and, um, you know, kind of seeing your role in the larger family unit way. So the advice she received was actually to give less commands, which of course, you know, we're thinking like, okay, so you want them to do these chores, but you're not going to tell them to do them. But her experiment, going back to that, was she recorded herself playing with her young daughter over the course of an hour. Um, and then when she listened back on the recording, she counted the number of times she gave specific commands or instructions or orders to her daughter. Um, and she said the number was, was actually quite astounding. And they were just doing playtime. They weren't involving a transition. Um, they weren't going somewhere. There wasn't an appointment they needed to be at. It was just play. Um, and she really kind of took that to heart and saying like, I'm, you know, not, we should be coaching our children through the thought processes rather than just commanding them to do it our way. Um, and that kind of gives them the why behind what, you know, what they need to be doing. So, um, I think that one is really, has really stuck with me. And she talked about so many other things in, in her uh, segment, but that was really the experiment that I'm now checking myself every day. Like, am I guiding my son to the conclusion or am I commanding him to just do this <laughs> and not really giving him a reason um, or a larger picture view on why that's important? That's so interesting because I, one of mine is very similar. Um, so when I talked with Dr. Laura Markham, um, who again is nationally renowned parenting expert about her peaceful parenting methods. It was equally convicting and empowering. Um, she talked a lot about, you know, what can we do instead of yelling at our kids? And for her, she created kind of a mantra for herself that was, this is not an emergency. Um, because, you know, think about it when your kids are, you're running late for school, they haven't put their shoes on, they haven't tied their shoes and you can just like feel your anxiety rising. At least that's what happens for me. Oh yes. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and maybe you've told them six times already, put your shoes on. You've used your nice mom voice and then your Batman voice comes out. Right. 
Um, but she really advocates coming up with some words because we have to interrupt those normal feelings in our bodies. That's normal for us to feel, you know, rushed, frustrated, anxiety, whatever it is. Um, so I've been using that and it's been incredibly helpful. Now it's not perfect and it's never going to be, but, um, that really resonated with me. Another thing that she talked about that has already been so life-giving in my household is how to help siblings deal with conflict. Um, she said a lot of times that we will just tell them, you know, go work it out, go talk to each other. They don't know how to do that. We don't even know how to do that as adults most of the time. So again, the notion that we've got to coach them through how to basically fight with each other, how to have constructive conflict with each other. Um, so I have used her methods already with my three kids and it is really powerful. And, you know, her point is when we're coaching our kids, that's going to take some time and some investment on our part, but eventually they can start doing it themselves. Um, and you have set them up to be little humans who can go out in the world and again, know how to set boundaries, know how to fight with others fairly constructively. Um, so that one was super powerful. And I feel like I'm hearing Dr. Markham's voice <laughs> in my head. Another one um, that I've had the opportunity to interview Danielle and Andre Dowdy multiple times for our podcast, for the magazine, but their, their voices too um, have been so powerful for me throughout this pandemic in talking about our kids' educations. Um, they say that we should literally wipe the phrase learning loss from our vocabulary, that by continuing to really focus on that term and what kids need to make up, we're doing our kids a huge disservice and actually negatively impacting their futures. Um, you know, they, they have spoken about this on our podcast before, and I'm telling you that in the moments where I'm having to do virtual school with my kids or even just thinking, man, well, your sister was doing X, Y, Z in this grade and you guys aren't there yet. I have heard Danielle's voice <laughs> say to me, let it go. Um, you know, they advocate, look at where your child is and meet them there. That our job as parents is not to stress our kids out and, and ask, why are you not doing the multiplication tables yet? Our job is to say, what math are you working on and how can I help you? They do give some really good tips too for, you know, if you have specific academic concerns, how to talk with that effectively and efficiently with your child's teacher. And then Andre also presented an incredible session on teaching kids to take calculated risks. He has a powerful four-step process that um, helps your kids basically meet their goals. So he's teaching parents how to coach your kids and setting goals. And then the, the process is what we as parents need to do to support our kids in reaching those goals. And the part that keeps coming back to me about his presentation is these are not our goals as parents. These are not our vision that we need to give that up and really focus on what do our kids love? What are they passionate about? And even when it's something that maybe we don't agree with or don't think they should be spending their time on, 
we need to figure out as parents how to come alongside them and support them in that um, because the end result is an even more powerful bond and relationship with them. I cannot wait to listen to all of these and I hope that our listeners feel the same. Um, so just to close out and, and kind of give you that uh, you know, nudge that you might need at the end of this, um, it's free to sign up. You can watch these videos from 20 experts for free over the course of eight days when you sign up on themodernartofparenting.com. Um, and there you can see some of the speakers that we've mentioned today and kind of read more about them as well. Um, there is an upgraded version if you'd like to go back and watch archived videos after those eight days are over. Um, but again, to sign up to watch is just free and we would love to help you fill your parenting toolkit, um, just as Erin and I both have needed so badly, especially after these past two years we've all collectively been in. We, we need a little uplift. So let this be your launch start to kind of start fresh um, and, and restart and, and so what we need so badly. Absolutely. It's been so refreshing, so affirming for my parenting journey. You know, what I really love about this, again, is it's not somebody up on their pedestal telling you, here's all the things that you're doing wrong as a parent. It's that affirmation that we need as parents. And um, again, these speakers are, are parents in most cases too. So it's really, I feel like an opportunity to walk alongside each other as parents and think about what are some small shifts that I can make that are going to have a forever positive impact on, on my kids and on ourselves too. Um, it's really been like parenting therapy. <laughs> and, yes, um, I just cannot describe that. <laughs> I cannot recommend this enough. It's been powerful for both of us. Um, so we look forward to seeing all of you at the Modern Art of Parenting Summit. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.